everything is cyclical. You have ups and you have downs. When you have a down, you get sick, laid off, you go bankrupt, you get divorced. How can you make a positive life-changing decision? But everything goes up. So all you got to do is ride the storm till you have a little bit of an uprise, a little bit of giddy-up in your step, a little bit of wind in your sail. He goes, if you can make a decision from that point of view when things start going your way, you'll save over 10 years of your life on this planet. That's Greg S. Reed. And this is The Depression Detox Show. Hello, and welcome back to the Depression Detox Show, where we share ideas and stories to help you live a happier life. I am your host, Malik Josephs. Happy Monday. I am grateful for you tuning in with me today, and I hope you all had an amazing weekend and are ready to get this week started off right with our newest featured speaker. He's also an author and film producer, and he is here to share his four major life lessons that he has learned from interviewing some of the top business and the top thought leaders of our modern era. So without further ado, here's Greg S. Reed. Enjoy. Now, for those of you who don't know a lot of my work, this is where I began. It all began with this book. It's called Think and Grow Rich. Raise your hand if you've ever heard of Napoleon Hill or Think and Grow Rich. Okay, cool. Now, this book here, now, you keep your hand down for this one. This actually comes from the Napoleon Hill archives. This right here is a leather-bound collector's edition that nobody else has. This is like, I, I just told you, no. And so the, the, the thing about this is it's really cool is that when I started working on the Napoleon Hill Foundation, they told me a story behind the story. You see, Napoleon Hill, when he was 23 years old, he gained access to the richest guy of the world. His name was Andrew Carnegie. Now, Andrew Carnegie owned U.S. Steel Corporation. This is how rich this dude was. It's like, imagine putting Bill Gates, Warren Buffett, uh, Oprah, and Branson together, all together in one place in one room. He was richer than that. And the whole idea is this guy literally was the king of the world. And he took a liking to him. And that was supposed to be a three-hour interview. It turns out to be three full days and three full nights. At the end of the interview, he, Carnegie goes to his guest and says, you know what, I kind of like you. And I'm going to give you an opportunity. He says, work for me for free for 20 years. And I'll send you on a mission to meet all my friends. You'll pick their brain and you'll write the first ever formula for success called Think and Grow Rich. Napoleon Hill reached in his pocket and said, work for free for what? And thought about it. says, Mr. Carnegie, not only will I accept that mission, I'll actually complete it. Carnegie takes him by the hand and says, you not only got a job, you're going to actually complete it. And all of a sudden, Hill thinks to himself and says, gosh, how are people going to talk to me? I'm nobody. I'm not connected. And Carnegie says, that's easy. I'll write you a letter of recommendation. When they see it, they'll know I sent you. They'll give you all the time you want. Sat down with Edison, Einstein, Ford, Rockefellers, Alexander Graham Bell, picked their brains and created what we know now as the 20th best-selling book in the history of the world. The Bible of personal development. But here's what's cool. Carnegie was a stickler for action and gave his guest only 60 seconds to make up his mind. When Napoleon Hill walked out of the office, Carnegie pulled out a stopwatch. There were 31 seconds left. 
But what gets really cool is that Carnegie made that same offer to over 250 men before Napoleon Hill. He was the only person to accept it and say yes. Because everyone gets stuck with that stinking thinking, that bad case of the one side. They let that big butt stand in the way of success. And I realize it's the people that are willing to go all in and give it a shot that come out on top. Well, that was in 1908. You fast forward 100 years to 2008. The president family of the Napoleon Hill Foundation wrote that same letter that Carnegie wrote to Hill, and they gifted it to me. And they asked me to follow in his footsteps and basically got the Willy Wonka magic golden kingdom pass, so to speak. So I have now access to the most powerful and influential people alive today. And that's how I got the opportunity to hang out with these people and become friends with them. Well, the first book that they asked me to do, which I don't think I've got a copy here, was called Three Feet from Gold. And I got to tell you, Three Feet from Gold is one of the coolest stories. It's the very first chapter of Think and Grow Rich. It's this guy named R.U. Darby gets gold fever. He goes out west and starts digging and discovers a couple nuggets. He hides it and buries it because he gets excited and goes home and tells his family. They chip in money to buy equipment to pull out by the truckload. The first ore cart comes out, woohoo! it's filled with gold. He kept digging, though, and the gold ran out. He kept digging, there was no more gold. Defeated, Darby walks out of that mine and says, I quit. He sees a junk man walking by, says, hey, man, give me 200 bucks. I'm going to sell you this mine and all the equipment. I'm going home. Well, the junk man, realizing the equipment was worth thousands because the family chipped in, said, sure, you got a deal. Darby goes home, a quitter. Well, the junk man goes to the engineer, says, what happened? He says, this guy hit gold and ran out, and the engineer starts laughing. He goes, everyone knows that's mining 101. Gold runs in a straight line. It's called a gold vein. What Darby did is he came in one side, hit the gold, and popped back in the dirt. He goes, go back to where they discovered treasure. Go three feet, 90 degrees, the opposite direction. You'll tap into the vein. Not only did he pull millions upon millions upon millions of dollars out of that mine, that's what fills Fort Knox today. And the moral is, how many times have we or someone we know quit one class short from a degree or sales or marketing or marriage or whatever it is? And it's the people that persevere and go that extra step, they're the ones they tell the stories about down the line. You can't quit before the miracle happens. The first person they asked me to interview, the Napoleon Hill Foundation, it's like a Mission Impossible thing falls on my lap and they say, we want you to go meet this guy named Dave Linegar. Okay. And I'm sitting down with this gentleman and say, you want to get into real estate in 1970? What was it like? Did you want to quit? He goes, every day of my life. And he goes, for two years, every phone call that came in was from a bill collector. I was so embarrassed when the phone would ring, I'd run across the hall and pick it up so my secretary wasn't put on the spot. The third year they threw me in jail, calling me a fraud and a liar. I said, what'd you do? He says, I took my attitude from trying to prove you wrong to something more important, just prove myself right. He says, I knew I wasn't what you're calling me. He said, I had the courage to pick up the phone. I called every bill collector back and said, look, I'm going to be honest. All the money's gone. I don't got 50 grand I owe you. I do have $50. <laughs> I'll send it to you with a promise I won't quit. Don't give up on me. He said, I called every collector every month until the fourth year. Someone finally believed in me, bought the first business called Remax Real Estate. He goes, I'm nothing. He goes, but how many people's lives were changed because I wouldn't quit? And how do we know that someone sitting in this room isn't about to give up on their own dream? Because Visa was calling them on the way in. From there, I got to sit down with the guy building the elevator to space to Mrs. Fields Cookies, from Miss America to the guy who started NASCAR. I got to go face to face with amazing people 
Who here would like to have gone with me to meet all these people? No, you wouldn't. I invited hundreds and hundreds and no one showed up. Hundreds upon hundreds and no one showed up. Time off work, money, whatever story they told themselves, they couldn't do it. Now, remember how Napoleon Hill was never paid a penny to write, think, and grow rich? Well, when the Napoleon Hill Foundation gave me this opportunity, they said it's very appropriate to pay you that same wage. <laughs> I got nothing. I was the first guy in San Diego to short sell their house. I took my two Mercedes Benz and I voluntarily repoed. I hawked my Rolex watch. I went all in. I said, you know, I can always get stuff back. Will I ever have this opportunity? And for three years, I went on a journey with nothing but just a dream so I could sit down with the greatest visionaries and pick their brains, which has now made me millions upon millions of dollars. And the moral is, so many times people get caught up on today's thing rather than rewarding their future self. And for myself, I go, I'm going to be kind to that future self. If I want to lose 10 pounds in a month, that means i got to put the Twinkie down today. If I want to have more money in the bank, that means i got to put 10 bucks away today. And by being kind to that future self, amazing things happen. One of the interviews I did was a guy who, Ron Glossary, had a company that's called uh, Hershey Chocolate, if you ever heard of that. And I said, you know, tell me about it. I mean, what makes successful people more, you know, lively and how do they bounce back from other people? And here's his answer. He said, successful people never make their major life-changing decision while they're in a valley. I go, what do you mean? He goes, everything is cyclical. You have ups and you have downs. When you have a down, you get sick, laid off, you go bankrupt, you get divorced. How can you make a positive life-changing decision? But everything goes up. So all you got to do is ride the storm till you have a little bit of an uprise, a little bit of giddy-up in your step, a little bit of wind in your sail. He goes, if you can make a decision from that point of view when things start going your way, you'll save over 10 years of your life on this planet from having to go back and correct the wrong choices because you made them based at your lowest points. Brilliant. From there, I got to sit down with a gentleman that blew my mind. His name is John Schwartz. John Schwartz invented something called string theory. I don't know if you've ever heard of that on science or Big Bang Theory. But the concept is the atom is the smallest molecular structure until they cut it in half and made fission. He goes, something smaller is called a quark. What holds quarks together are these invisible strings that no one can see. It's called energy. And what happens if you're ever in a football game and everyone's applauding, you feel that energy. When I'm done and getting a standing ovation, right, you feel that, you feel that energy. And the whole concept is that everything is one and interwoven. Well, for 10 years, everyone said he was crazy. He said, if Albert Einstein couldn't figure this out, what makes some guy from Caltech Poly think he could pull it off? For 10 years, he was shunned in his own community. His family, his friends, his peers, they all said he was out of his mind. They said he was crazy. He was mad. For 10 years, everyone said he was a nut job until Michael Green proves his theory to be the most accurate. And now John Schwartz is considered the father, the inventor of what we know as string theory. I asked him, I said, why would you not quit for 10 years when everyone said you were wrong? I knew I was right. And he said, never let another person, especially yourself, talk you out of something you know to be true. And he gave the greatest line I ever heard. This changed my life. Most people, you got to wait to the end to get your big nugget. Here's your nugget. He said, successful people seek counsel and failures listen to opinion. Successful people seek counsel, failures listen to opinion. Here's the difference. 
Opinion is based on ignorance, lack of knowledge, inexperience. They've never done it like your family friends. Counsel based on wisdom, knowledge, mentorship, someone who's already paved the way. If you go to a family friend and say, I'm going to start a nonprofit, they're going to say, you can't do that. Why not? I don't know. You just can't. That's their opinion. If you go to Frank Shankowitz, who started a Make-A-Wish Foundation, say, I'm going to start a nonprofit, he's going to say, fantastic. Before you get started, here's what you need to know based on what? Counsel, wisdom, knowledge, mentorship. John Schwartz said, the day we start listening to other people's counsel and ignoring their opinions, that's the day your life will change. Big thanks to Greg S. Reed for stopping by. If you'd like to connect with him, you can go to his website, gregreed.com. His Instagram and YouTube are Greg S. Reed. His latest book is entitled Wealth Made Easy, Millionaires and Billionaires Help You Crack the Code to Getting Rich. And I got this clip from YouTube. It is entitled The Power of Perseverance by Greg S. Reed. All right, before you go, don't forget to follow the show, share it or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcast or Spotify Podcast. And also remember that if you leave it on Spotify Podcast, then I will be able to respond, which I am thrilled about. So that is a wrap for me. I hope you have a productive rest of your day and I will see you back here tomorrow. So until then, stay strong. Later. Later.